um, I'm going to encourage you again, like the Holy Spirit told me, you have to listen to every session. Um, this will be such a vast series. It's meant to shake you up and to destroy you so you can resurrect yourself from the dead as a new individual. Whether you hear or not, you have to, this is not me, you have to listen to every single session or you will miss things that are going to affect your forever. I'm telling you. Um, and so, <clears throat> you know, the series is so complex. It's simple, but it's so complex that there will be several introductions. And so I've already given two introductions. One was last Wednesday, then I gave the second introduction this past weekend, and then I'm giving the third introduction tonight. So let's read this first. Let's read the scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 9 through 12, the King James Version. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man. Let me slow down, I'm reading too fast. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the imagination of man. That's what heart means. The things which God has prepared for them that love them. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. Okay? And so, uh, you know, the scripture says that the Holy Spirit is always interested in the deep things of God. You know, since I gave my life to Christ, I've always been accused of being too deep. It wasn't that I was too deep. It's that the people that accused me of being too deep were too shallow. Shallow people will always accuse you of being too deep. Like I was sharing with somebody a few minutes ago, let me remind you. Jesus did teach all of these things to men, women, boys, and girls who were not saved. He taught it so crazy that they stayed outside for three days straight with no food and water to listen to what this man said. And then had the nerve to say this. Now everything that I told y'all, you're not going to get it. He said, but in the future, the Holy Spirit will reveal it to you and bring it to all, bring it to your remembrance, everything that I'm putting in you now. So you don't top, stop teaching the highest level because people or everyone can't grasp it. You have to teach it because over time, the people will rise to the level that you teach. You understand what I'm saying? And so because with the scripture, it's the deeper things of God. So tonight we're going to dive into the deeper things of God. This introduction is going to be a, uh, a deeper level. Um, I promise you there will be a point where your mind will shut off near the end. No, it's not. Your mind will shut off at the end. <clears throat> and I hope and pray to God that all of you get it. You, you'll get it, but you won't grasp it. You'll see it, but you won't discern it. You'll hear it, but it'll be impossible for you to understand it. But just me saying it is going to be in, it's going to make you shock or put you in shock. Hey. So let's go ahead and jump into this. Um, Colossians 3, 1 through 3. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. I'll probably read these same three, four scriptures every week because we, these will be the foundation scriptures. This needs to get in you because just because you hear something doesn't mean you heard it. So I was looking at it and it never computed that, oh, I'm supposed to obey that. Okay. So in the course of this teaching, how many know when you go deep, you started at the top where it's shallow and then you start descending. 
So we're going to start descending into this, and I'm going to read these foundational scriptures because this is a commandment. He said, don't be thinking about the stuff on earth. He said, keep your mind focused on thinking about the things of heaven. And you just read that, you don't even know what it means at first, but the scripture explains itself. Matthew 6, 19, it said, don't store up treasures here on earth. So that's the second one. Where moth eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Or in other words, if you're more interested in things in planet earth, that's where you're going to spend all your time. If you're more interested in things of heaven, then that's where you spend all your time. It's time to spend time concerning heaven. Okay. And John 6, 27. Don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me this seal of approval. So, and one, he told you, don't be thinking about things on planet Earth. He said, keep your mind thinking about heaven. That doesn't mean think about heaven when you come to church. That means think about heaven all the time. There is a place, you all, where it's a dimension that you enter into, which I have entered into, where you think about it every given moment of your waking day. You go to bed thinking about it. You go, and I'm telling you, as I study this, I almost get more revelation when I'm not studying and praying than when I am because I'm always thinking about it. I'm thinking about it when I'm driving. I just can't think about it. Can't stop thinking about it because it's a dimension and a mindset that you enter into where you then become aware that maybe I should think about every thought seeing as how every thought is going to be judged. If every idle word is going to be given account of, then maybe I need to start paying attention to what I say. And that's a place where everything that you think about and everything that you do and everything that you say is under that binocular of what, what, what I'm getting ready to think about saying. That didn't sound right, but you know what I mean. I'll have to give an account for this. So let me think about how I should say this and put myself in the right perspective. What I'm getting ready to do is being recorded. So let me think about what I'm getting ready to do. I've been thinking about this thing too long in my mind. And I'm supposed to cast down every negative thought and imagination. So I better get rid of this while I can. Y'all understand what I'm saying? That's where I am. So I'm telling you, I'm not the same individual. So I don't care. I don't care nothing about the small stuff, all of the stupid stuff, all of the sinful stuff. Y'all, I'm preaching this because I'm, uh, I'm supposed to preach it. And the Lord told me to preach it. I'm trying to live it. You can do whatever you want to do. I am done. Okay, so, um, so I think as we dive deep here and as we move forward, you're going to understand why those scriptures are so important. Why does, you know, that doesn't sound right. What do you mean don't worry about what I'm supposed to eat? We always worry about what we're supposed to eat. He said, don't worry about what you're supposed to eat. He said, spend your energy. That's a lot of intensity, you know what I'm saying? So I think you're going to kind of understand it. So, but in order to do that, I got to give you first under, I got to give you a little clip in regards to the role of the Holy Spirit in your life. Let's look at these. Genesis 1, 2 through 3. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. 
Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. One of the major rules of the Holy, roles of the Holy Spirit is he is the power behind all creativity. The Bible says that when everything was empty and void, you know, that's another story. It says that the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Why was he there? He was waiting on the command of the Word of God to create. So when God said, let there be light, the Holy Spirit then released power and created what the Heavenly Father said. So he is the one that is behind all creativity. And you'll see that with the next scripture in Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, was conceived by the Holy Spirit. How in the world does he do that? The child in her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you ought to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So in order for Jesus to come, most people don't realize this, but Jesus was in heaven first. He had to have a conversation with the Holy Spirit and his heavenly father, and they said, are you ready to do this? He said yes. Then he lost himself. Because they had to shrink him down to the size of a cell. And then put him on the inside of a woman's body. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit is the one who shrunk Jesus down to the size of a cell. And that's why the Bible says Jesus had to find out who he was. Okay. When you, when, one of the things you'll find when we get to heaven There'll be some books there about how many times Jesus was caught up to heaven as a child. That's why he was always saying, don't you know I need to be about my father's business? Don't you know I need to do, I do everything that my father showed me. That's the reason why he said that is because when he was a child, because y'all got to remember something. The reason why God caught him up to heaven like that, he could not afford for his son to mess this up. So we need to get started at one. <laughs> y'all understand? We don't need you to mess this up. So he, he, they were, con it was constant, man. And you even see it, even as, I mean, when I think about it, Moses and Elijah come down from heaven and stand on a mountain and talk to Jesus. It was constant. It was constant so that he wouldn't mess it up because at first he didn't know he was the son of God. He had to find out who he was. Same way you have to find out who you are. All right. So you, you understand that he is the power behind creation. Okay. Acts 1.8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll be witnesses telling people about me everywhere. So, okay, Holy Spirit, we know that one of the things that he is, is that he brings power. Okay, he is the one beyond create. He is the, the one behind all creativity. He can create anything at any given moment. Okay, when uh, Jesus turned water into wine, it was the Holy Ghost power that turned that water into wine. He can create anything, okay? So he's a creator. He's also power, okay? Acts 2.4, everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. So the Holy Ghost is the one who gives you your heavenly prayer language. Y'all got that? 1 Corinthians 12.4-11, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts. But the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other, not show off and show how deep you are. To one person, the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same spirit gives great faith to another and to someone else. The one spirit gives the gift of healing. 
He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown tongues, while another is given the ability to interpret what is said. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Okay, so he is the one that's behind creation. I'm doing this for a reason. He is the one that supplies power, and he is the one that gives you your heavenly prayer language, and he is the one that divides all of the nine gifts of the spirit, and it says he divides it across people severally as he will. There are nine gifts of the spirit. Three are vocal, which is tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. You have the next three, which are the three gifts that reveal things, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and discerning of spirits, which can also be seen into the spiritual realm. And then you have the other three, which are the power gifts, which is working of miracles, gift of healing, and, and special faith. Um, special faith is when you have to accomplish something, and in order to do it, you need God's faith, not yours, so they switch. That's what's needed usually to raise the dead. <clears throat> See, I got that. So he's the one. I mean, this is a lot of stuff that he does. So he's the one, and there's a whole lot of power, a whole lot of creativity, a whole lot of gifting. So he's the one that gives everyone all of that. John 14, 16 through 17. I'll ask the Father, he'll give you another advocate. I'll explain what that means in a moment. Who will never leave you. Someone say, thank God. He will never leave you. That's going to be important in a minute. He will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit, which means that there is an unholy spirit, who leads into all truth, not religious truth, truth about everything. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Okay? That word advocate, I believe we may have a graphic for that. That word advocate means that I will give you someone who will comfort you. He will encourage you. He will counsel you. And he will lead you into all truth about everything. Not just church stuff. They created all stuff. So they lead you in all truth about all stuff, okay? Including how to fix a car. You'd be surprised what the Holy Spirit will show you how to do if you just be willing. But you don't trust him like that. You'd rather talk to your manager first and your grandmother first and you two first. And not that they won't give the answer, but he might give you a shorter one. John 14, 26. When the Father sends the advocate as my representative... <laughs> the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. So now on top of everything else that we mentioned, he is Jesus' personal representative. He teaches you everything and reminds you of everything. You will be surprised what has popped in your mind that came from him. You'll be surprised. Huh. You didn't know it was him as soon as you did that. The little light bulb. Okay. Ephesians 4.30, Passion Translation. The Holy Spirit of God has sealed you in Jesus Christ until you experience your full salvation. So never grieve the Spirit of God or take for granted his holy influence in your life. Okay? So out of all of the things that we mentioned that the Holy Spirit is, it says, on top of all of those things, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, not only does the Holy Spirit enter you, not only do you receive power, not only does he give you your heavenly prayer language, not only does he give you several of the gifts of the Spirit that you can tap into, um, he's your advisor, he's your counselor, he'll remind you of everything, lead you in the truth about everything, 
and he can teach you anything. Y'all got that? How I many know that's a lot? Then on top of all of that, it says that he then seals you. Okay? And so uh, <laughs> the Holy Spirit has sealed you. Now, to give you an idea what that looks like, um, um, you know, uh, it, it, that word seal, me. the basic definition of seal means that he does something to you where everyone recognizes throughout the universe that you are untouchable. And so they can do this multiple different ways. One of the ways that they do it is, like we told you, people that are from the occult, um, they will tell you that, you know, they see Christians, particularly, particularly higher-level wizards, they, when they see Christians out in public, they say that you will um, either be a great big old ball of fire. You know why? Because your father is, what does the scripture say? Our God is a what? Consuming fire. So if he's fire, so are you. So that's one thing. How many of you know? You can play insanity all you want to, but insane people still know not to touch fire. They become real sane all of a sudden. Hey. <laughs> people crack me up acting crazy. Okay, we'll see. Put that acid on their hand. <laughs> okay, so that. Second thing is, is that Bible says God is light and that we are sons of light. We are children of light. Okay, and it says that we are light. So that's another thing is that when you're out in public, that, be, that will be a particular seal, is that they will just see the light that is on you. Um, that's usually, I, I've, I've, I've more had people say they see the light versus fire. I've had some people see fire. Usually people that are on the dark side, they see the fire. And people that are more Christians and see the light. With my wife, you usually see light. And then the third one, which is my favorite, um, which is uh, they sometimes will see you and you'll be standing in a pool of blood which is the blood of Jesus Christ who represents you are off limits. This is what's so deep. If you're on the dark side and you turn down aisle six of Walmart and you see me down there in front of the noodles flaming like that guy from the superhero, why would you not switch sides? You know we can't be touched. You know this, but you're still going to stay on the dark side because the scripture says there are some men who love darkness. And you can't comprehend that. The light will never be able to comprehend why men love darkness. You can't because you don't think that way. If you don't think that way, you can't comprehend that way. So y'all got that. Okay. So Ephesians 1.14. Amplified. That spirit that does all of that and is all of that is the guarantee of our inheritance. The first fruits, the pledge, and foretaste, the down payment on our inheritance. The guarantee, so let's back up. The spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance. A guarantee is something like a receipt. You ever been someplace and they said, sir, we ran out, but this is the guarantee that you first in line next time. This is the guarantee that when it gets here, you're the first one that can get it. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, you can go to Best Buy and you can pay for a particular television, but you can't get it in your car. You'll say, I'll be back. And what do they give you? They give you the guarantee. Okay, they give you a little small item that represents the big item. So the Holy Ghost is the guarantee. He's the small thing that represents the big thing. What I'm trying to get you to wrap around your head is, is that how big is the big thing when he is the small thing? Okay, so he's also the first fruits. Okay, let me look at it two different ways, but first fruits is, you know, the, uh, you know, it's the first fruits. You know, it's the, it's the ones you take off the tree the first. 
this just the first fruits and it doesn't represent all of the other fruit for the next few years it just represents the first harvest so that's what he is he's the first fruits of the inheritance he's the pledge i mean a pledge is you know not a pledge allegiance to the flag we're not talking about that a pledge is some of you've seen it in church sometimes churches will raise different offerings for different things and they'll have you pledge okay i'm going to give a hundred dollars you know different things like that sometimes a pledge is just a small i'm giving ten dollars now but i'm gonna give you 500 later you got me And then the last one says that he is the down payment of your inheritance. How I many you know the down payment is always a small amount? Okay, buy a car for $30,000, sir, we need you to put down two grand, okay? How I many you know the down payment is nowhere close to the full amount? It's just a down payment. So apparently the inheritance is so big that the Holy Ghost, in spite of all that he is and all that he does, and in spite of the fact that he is God himself, how is God part of the down payment? Y'all follow me? Now, I'm just sharing this because the Lord, never mind, let me just keep on going. So he's the down payment. Romans 8, 15 through 17. And you really have to think about this. I'm going to roll through it. Never mind, I'm going to just roll through it. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share in his suffering. Okay, so, you know, in church, you know, we can become so churchy and so religious that you read these things. Hallelujah, I'm God's heir. But see, to a newer believer, they will be like, wait a minute, stop just a second. Because anytime you understand what an heir is, you know, I used this example last weekend. You know, and... Um, you know, whether you like him or not, um, how many would love to be Donald Trump's heir? Okay. <laughs> how many would love to be, uh, what's the guy that owns um, Microsoft? Bill Gates. How many I would love to be his heir? You know, Brother Bezos with, with Amazon. About to be trillionaire status. I mean, I'd love to be his heir. Okay. Okay. And so uh, you love to be the heir, but the truth be told is you're only thinking about the money part. Because right. right. I mean, no, you, you, you'll take Donald Trump's money, but you ain't trying to take his hair. No. <laughs> I don't mean that rudely. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying when you, when you think about an heir, I, I want the money. I don't I may not necessarily I don't want your body. I don't I don't want to inherit your hair or your, your eyes or, you know, or even your attitude. You know, I don't want to inherit the ability in the way that you talk. Y'all know what I'm saying. You're thinking about the money. Okay. And so, and so you have to think about what it means when you are someone's heir. That means, well, all I have is yours. And, and so when God says, yeah, y'all are my heirs. 
You're my heir. What he's saying is, all that I have is yours. And you don't understand how much stuff I got. So in order to help you understand, and you still won't understand just how much stuff I got, um, the Holy Ghost will be the down payment. The one that can do anything will be the down payment. The one that can create anything will be the down payment. Okay, so. And then how many of you know that, that, you know, if you're an heir and, you know, if, you know, if, if all of you, you know, if you're an heir, you know, and you have siblings, then that's going to be shared. You know, so, you know. You know, my dad, when he passed away, he left each three of his children a small piece of money, you know, and so we just equally shared it, you know, because that's what the heir does, right? We had access to all that he had. He left everything to us, and then we just shared it. Y'all got that? I got to go slow. Romans 8, 16, 17, Passion Translation. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. Since we are his true children, we qualify to share all his treasures. For indeed, we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. We will experience being co-glorified with him provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. In other words, you're going to get it, but you got to go through a few things. You're going to get it, but you got to work the eternal reward system. Oh, trust me, I'm going slow for a reason, because your mind might start to shut off a little bit now. So, so what does it mean to be God's heir? Hmm. Um, Let's read Romans 8, 16, 17. Again, for the Holy Spirit makes fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being. You are God's beloved child. And since we are his true children, we qualify to share all his treasures. Some would have been good enough. The Holy Ghost is not the treasure. He's just a down payment of the treasure. We qualify to share all his treasures. For indeed, we are heirs of God himself. Since we are joined to Christ, pay attention to this sentence. We also inherit all that he is and all that he has. I got to go really so you can think about this. <laughs> Francia looking like, yeah, you about to make me shout in a second. I can feel it. He said, see, in planet Earth, when, when, when you are the heir of someone, you just get all that they have. But in the kingdom of God, you get all that they have and all that they are. You understand what I'm saying? And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. <laughs> we will experience being co-glorified with him, provided that we accept his suffering as our own. 
let's just start for a second as I get ready to close, as they say. Let's start with all that he has. Now, when the Holy Spirit shared this with me, it really kind of messed me up. It really, I mean, I'm at, uh, it really messed me up. Maybe it won't do nothing for you, but it really, really messed me up. Okay. Um, and planet Earth, if, 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 if y'all are my kids and I have a million dollars and y'all are the heirs, what do we do? Okay. Because I'm going to give you the answer first and then work back through the answer. Okay. And planet Earth, in human standard, in the world that we are doing things, you know, let's just say if I have $10 million, let's say I'm really rich. Okay. I have $10 million and all of y'all are my kids because I'm related to Solomon, <laughs> okay, um, and all of you are my kids, and then, and all of you are my heirs, then what happens, happens when I pass away, the money is all split up equally. Now, first of all, Jesus is the only individual that he died and then resurrected from the dead to make sure that your inheritance works out the way it's supposed to work out, number one. Second thing is, it's not how it works in the kingdom. In the kingdom, if you are the heirs, and I have 10 million, you all get 10 million. It's not split up. Tori, this is where your mind about to start shutting down. I'm proving to you. This is the deep things of God. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, so I'll just use a smaller example. Okay, I'm the father, Garnett, Francia, and Jonathan are my kids. I got a million dollars. I don't know why Jonathan started laughing, okay? I got a million dollars, okay? So if I have a million dollars, okay, I die, and then what happens, okay? She gets a third, he gets a third, and he gets a third. In the kingdom of God, she gets the whole amount, he gets the whole amount, and Jonathan gets the whole amount. Am I with you now? These are not quick dresses. I'm trying to get you to understand what the Lord is trying to get you to understand because if you don't understand what's there, you don't know what to seek after. Am I here with you now? But am I with my wife now? No. My wife is at a game with the kids. Why? Because if I'm with you, I can't be with my wife. I'm with you now, but when we all go home, I'm going to go home and I'm going to be with my wife. And since I'm with my wife, I can't be with you. Y'all follow me. I got to go slow before I lose myself. Let me backtrack. So I'm here with you. Okay. <clears throat> Y'all get my point. I'm here with you. And, and so when you all leave, I won't be with you. I'll go home and I'll be with my wife. Okay. But how many of you got Jesus? Well, you got Jesus. And, and, and I got Jesus. But when you leave, you still got him. And I still got him. How many of you got the Holy Ghost? Okay. So, so if there are a million, I don't know, this is an understatement. If there are a million people on the planet, they didn't, no one has a piece of the Holy Ghost. You got the whole, you got the whole Holy Ghost. Y'all know what I'm saying? Are y'all following me? You ain't got a piece. Jesus, you got Jesus, and I got Jesus. And so when you go home, you can worship Jesus. And when I go home, I can worship Jesus. 
And the same Jesus is going to respond to Andrea and respond to me at the same time. You got the Holy Ghost. And I got the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost that you got is the whole Holy Ghost. And so, so, so this Holy Ghost is the one using me to teach with my small intellectual ability. Same Holy Ghost is giving you the ability to understand. The same Holy Ghost may speak to you when you're driving home to go a different route. And the same Holy Ghost will be giving you the language when you pray in tongues tonight. And then the same Holy Ghost will be giving somebody else a dream. And the same Holy Ghost will be working and doing the same thing in China <laughs> and, and in India and Pakistan. You understand what I'm saying? The same Holy Ghost. Okay. And remember, so, so in, in natural terms, I can only be with you or I can be with you. And the kingdom of God, that's not true. And the kingdom of God, the Holy Spirit can be with me and the same Holy Spirit can be with you. Y'all ready? And so since the Holy Ghost is the down payment, that's how the inheritance is. I got to let this sink in. Because for most of your mind just shut off. Because we're not programmed to think that high. See, in planet Earth, let's go back to person and then let's go to the person's money. I can fellowship with Garnett. And then when Garnett leaves, I got to go fellowship with someone else. In the kingdom of God, the Holy Ghost can fellowship with Garnett while at the same time fellowshipping with me. When Garnett goes home, the Holy Ghost goes with him because Jesus said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. So when he said that, he was talking to everybody at the same time. Which means when Garnett goes this way, the Holy Ghost is with him. When I go that way, the Holy Ghost is with me. You decide to go deep sea fishing, he's with you, and you want to go to the moon, he's with you, because he never leaves anybody. That's the mystery. You can't understand that, so you're like, well, how does that work? Don't ask me, ask them. They're the one who created this stuff. So that's how Jesus is. That's how the Holy Ghost is. And so, and so you don't have to cut the Holy Ghost into a bunch of pieces and give people a piece of the Holy Ghost. Everybody has the whole Holy Ghost. It's the same thing with the inheritance. The inheritance is not really shared. And don't ask me how that works. Because when the Holy Ghost shared that with me, I was out. My mind shut off immediately. I just went back to praying to say what he, and set what he said on the shelf. I ain't trying to hear that right now. I just went back to praying in tongues for another hour. Think about that. You don't even know how much stuff God has. Watch this. You overwhelmed with the universe. The scientists say that the universe is expanding at the speed of light. And they said that there are more universes than people that exist. That would be overwhelming by itself. Yet the Bible says ears have not heard, eyes have not seen, and it's never entered into your imagination what they got for you. So the universe doesn't count. See, I understand why the devil tricked the entire body of Christ out of this teaching. Because this is the type of teaching that helps you understand. Did not I say you are gods and all of you are children of the most high? So whatever Jesus shares with me, 
he can share the same thing with you. He did that with the Holy Ghost. And that's a person. So you can't do it with stuff. So the down payment is shared the same way as the inheritance. Revelation 3.21. Maybe you understand a little bit. You can't understand it, but you'll try to. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne. Just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. At first, I started to take that scripture out. That ain't what that meant. But then I read the B part. I sat with my father on his throne. And all of you that are victorious, all of you will sit with me on my throne. He did not say you would sit on the throne. He said you'll sit with me on the throne. So don't ask me how all of us have the ability to sit next to him on his throne. See, somebody might be like, see, here you go, being too deep again. No, this is shallow. You think it's deep because your mind shut off. But again, you're still trying to figure out how the Holy Spirit is one individual, but in everybody at the same time. I'm going to do something that people love to do. Okay, Because people like to brag about the church that they're part of. You know, I go to Joe Osteen Church. And you know, we the biggest thing in Texas. Well, I go to T.D. Jake's church, and he can preach a dog off of a meat wagon. Okay. I go to such, such, such church, you know, and, 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 and we've been a pillar in the community for years. Okay. Well, you know, I go to such, such, such Baptist church, and we got the best choir in town because we won an award on the show that Kirk Franklin put on. Well, I go to Lionheart Church, and we walk in power. Well, I go to such, such, such church, and, and, and the list goes on and on and on and on, and people love to talk about their church like their church is better than somebody else's church. Would y'all agree? Right, right. So read this scripture. 1 Corinthians 3.21. So don't boast about following a particular human leader. Why? Because everything belongs to you. What type of scripture is that? So don't boast about following a particular human leader. For everything belongs to you, whether Paul or Apollos or Peter or the world or life and death or the present and the future. Everything belongs to you. They ain't telling y'all this. Even the teenagers looking like. Yeah, we thought we were above. We No, this is some. Are y'all reading the same Bible I'm reading? He said, you impressed with preachers and don't know that you own the pulpit they preaching out of. Right. Come on, if it's not so. Yes, 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 yes. I'm sorry, I got a problem with that scripture when he said everything belongs to you. If God said everything belongs to you, that means them cameras they're using to tape me belong to Terry. Because if God says everything belongs to you, see, in your mind, well, you know, we're going to separate. We're going to give Garnett the carpet, 
and 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 we go we're gonna give Mozart the speakers since he in the music and and we're gonna give camera you know to, to Bree and Marche and, and we're gonna get a pulpit to the ministers and and we're gonna break off a piece of the building and the Lord says no everybody gets the same building you know how I many you know we live in planet earth so if God owned planet y'all still with me so if God owned planet earth and he says Okay, all of y'all my inheritance. He said, well, he owns planet Earth. And that's all he owns. So, apparently, if all of us are heirs of his inheritance, and his inheritance is planet Earth, then apparently he's going to give them a spot of land, and, and them a spot of land, and, 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 and give you a spot of land, and give you a spot of land. Uh, no. Uh, we're going to give you planet Earth and then all of the other planets are already empty so we're just going to create another planet Earth and give it to Jade. And then we're going to create another same planet Earth and give it to her and another planet Earth and give it to him so that all the victorious get the same reward. It's not shared with your brother and sister. Same way the Holy Ghost is not shared with your brother and sister. But technically he is because he says the love of God is shed abroad by the Holy Ghost. How is it shared and yours at the same time? And then the big part they say was, they said everything belongs to you. And you belong to Christ. And Christ belongs, I don't even know what that means, Jesus. Let's just keep on moving. <laughs> Did y'all do Romans 8, 17 in the Passion Translation? I gave y'all the Passion Translation. Oh, you did? Oh, okay. I don't know what verse they were reading. Let me read what I was supposed to be. Since we are his true children, we qualify to share all his treasures, for indeed we are heirs of God himself, and since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. We will experience being co-glorified with him, provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. All right, so y'all got... <laughs> she said no, but okay. So you have... We get all that he has. You're like, but we don't know what he has. Yeah, I know. The only thing you can go by is he said, I want you to think about when God says, there's not a man that's been born on the planet that had one thought about what we actually have. I'm still impressed with the universe. Skip the universe. I'm impressed with our solar system. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm saying. I'm impressed with that. I'm still impressed with the fact that I can make a video for 30 seconds, pull up your email, Send you the video. The video compresses itself into an invisible frequency and then travels throughout the air and goes into your phone and then expands for you to watch the same video. So now the video that was on my phone is the same video that was on your phone. That's the mystery. So... See, when Bible talks about mysteries, this is what it's talking about. It's like, y'all, this is secret stuff you ain't going to figure out on your best day. I don't care how many degrees you got. Y'all understand what I'm saying? And so now you understand why it's so stupid to think that God wouldn't give you nothing. If I gave you Jesus and I gave you the down payment, how much more would I not with him freely give you everything else? You know why he said freely? No man charges you for something you already own.
We just asking too low because we don't believe. Let these raggedy preachers talk you out of everything. <laughs> they don't have something to say about this message too. As you say, wave them on the way in the bank. See, now you understand why it's so stupid to think remotely or crazily that God would want you to be poor. Does that make any sense? When we just read scriptures that says everything, he said, quit following your favorite preachers because you own everything. He almost implied you own them too. He did throw in Paul. <laughs> and I don't even know what that means. You own the future. How do I own the future? It ain't even here yet because it's already paid for. God is in the future and you are his children, which means you're in the future. And the reason why that's a problem right now is let's go to the other part. He said that we would inherit all that he is. Oh, help us, Father, today. 1 John 3, 1 through 3, King James Version. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Here's my problem with this scripture. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, but it does not yet appear what we shall be. We just know that when he shall appear, we'll be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And because of that, every man that has this hope in himself purified himself even as he is pure. Let's read the same passage from the Passion Translator. It does a little bit of a better job. Look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love that he has lavished on us. He has called us and made us his very own beloved children. The reason the world doesn't recognize who we are is that they don't recognize who he is. Beloved, we are God's children right now. However, it is not yet apparent what we will become. We're about to become something else. But we do know that when it's finally made visible, we'll be just like him. We will see him as he truly is. And all who focus their hope on him will always be purifying themselves, just as Jesus is pure. So he said, the Holy Ghost is the down payment. And now, how you know, the Holy, you can't, we don't even know who the Holy Ghost, we can't even figure him out. And said, yeah, we know that, but that's the best thing that we could give you. We had to stop at him. Because the inheritance is so beyond your wild imagination of what you're supposed to walk in forever. It is so magnanimous. It is so magnificent. It is so mysterious. It is so big. It is so out the box. It is so past understanding. The only thing we could do is give you a down payment that can do and create everything. And then we just put scriptures in there about he's the down payment because you own everything. And so same way that, that I don't have part of the Holy Ghost. And you don't have part of the Holy Ghost. It's the same way that you won't get part of the inheritance and I get part of the inheritance. You get the whole thing. So don't ask me how they have the ability to duplicate their inheritance a million times over. Don't ask me that. I don't know. Then on top of that, they said, yes, you are sons of God now. But you will become something else greater. You don't have a vocabulary for that on planet Earth. So right now, just to help you understand that you're lower men now, we just call you sons of God, lords, priests, kings, more than conquerors, ambassadors. So 
That's what you are now, but you're going to become something else. And people like to have a problem with that. Well, you got a problem with it because you think you know God. How would you know yourself if you don't know God? Anybody know? People talk about, I know God. No, you don't. You heard about him in the Bible. And every once in a while, the Holy Ghost says something to you. You don't know God. You heard him. You don't know what he is. You haven't seen him. The Bible calls him the ancient of days because he never had a beginning and he never has an end. How in the world do you understand somebody that never had a beginning, never had an end? He already knows what you're going to think for the next 20 years. Already know what you're going to do. The book of Revelation is based on the Lord already know what they were going to do. He sat John down and said, let me show you something that's going to happen in 2,000 years. So the reason you don't know yourself is because you don't know him. So when he tells you you're going to become something else, well, it's easy to understand that because we don't even know what he is. We just know who we were told we were. The only reason you think you're black, somebody told you that. As a Christian, the only reason why you think you're a son of God is because he told you that. So you only know what he told you you are. You don't know what else he's going to tell you. So when it says you're going to inherit all that we have and all that we are. <laughs> so that's the reason why Paul said you get a body like Jesus when you go to heaven. That's why it says in heaven you will be as he is and you will know as he will know. So not, so not only do you get what he, what he has, but, but you also get all his wisdom. So you know what he knows. Imagine standing in front of someone. And the moment you stand in front of them, they know everything about you. But because you're made like them, you know everything about you and him. And that's what the Lord told you you should be seeking after. Because the Bible says, ears have not heard, eyes have not seen, neither has it entered into your heart the things that God has reserved for those that love him. But... The Holy Spirit will reveal it to you if you obey the first three scriptures that I read. Don't worry about earthly things. Put your mind on heavenly things. And it's going to take you doing that for the rest of your life just to figure out 1% of what's here. Understand what I'm saying? Don't ask me how they do this. You know, it's, it's funny because you're always, see, I have to say this because, you know, a lot of people, they think they know God because they can hear from him. No, you just heard from him. You don't know him. You don't know who he is. How tall is he? <laughs> How big is his throne? I mean, according to the Bible, we're not talking about his throne. The Bible says that God's courtroom can handle all of creation and all of the angels. How big is, you know, how big is his throne room? The Bible, the Bible says in his courtroom, it says that he is on fire. It says that his throne is on fire. And it says that there is a river of fire coming out of him as he sits on a fiery throne. And you his kid. I know some of you are going to have a problem with this, but everything that you see about God, you're reading about yourself. Wow. 
did not I say you are gods and all of you are children of the most high. However, it does not yet appear what you really are. And if you want to get a small glimpse, a little bit more of a glimpse of who you really are, read about me. And everything you see me doing, that's me. That's Bible says God is light. And the Bible says you are light. That's a whole lot different than I'm a soldier. I'm a soldier. You know, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, no, no. That's some okey-doke foolishness you got from Donkey Town or something. I don't know what that mess is. I don't even know where that came from. So, yeah, don't. Y'all understand what I'm saying? This might help you understand why Jesus got frustrated with Peter not having the ability to walk on the water the first time. So, this is our new mountain. I'm ready for this climb. So, how many know that was, how many, uh, it's too deep, but, but when he's telling you to seek after, you got to have a particular mindset or you miss it. You got to start reading scripture different. Y'all, I see something in every chapter now. And what I, <laughs> me and my crazy self, what I do is whenever I come across a scripture that has something to even do remotely with eternity or the reward system, I highlight it green. <laughs> do the same thing, Jonathan. You're like, no, but I'm going to. Green is money. Okay. So now this might this scripture, Paul got this revelation. That's why Paul said things like, after I got this revelation, he said everything in planet Earth is dung. If you ought to know the King's English, that means boo-boo. Number two. He said, no. Because Paul said, he said, they made the mistake of catching me up there. I want you to think about what he said. He said, I went to heaven. He said, when I came back, he said, I recognized. He said, number one, he said, I saw things it's not even possible to say. There's no point of reference. I don't know what I was looking at. There's no vocabulary to explain it. I can't even come close. And he said, but then after I went, he said, I struggled. And whether or not I want to stay in planet Earth anymore. Which he did. He said, but after coming back from that place, he said, I realized, he said, you might be impressed with that $20 million mansion. He said, that's dung. Billion. Remember what Jesus told those guys in the book of Revelation? <laughs> he said, you actually think you're rich. He said, you're broke and miserable. How <laughs> I many you know? But you can't see it that way. But when you see what's up there, you're going to realize that if you owned every piece of gold, silver, and diamond, and ruby, and every paper bill in planet Earth, you were in abject poverty compared to the lowest level in heaven. And you got to live there forever. And how, again, Jesus is the door. So you, you can get in. And then we read the scripture about all of the things that you got to do that determines your entrance. And then all of that stuff that you got to do now to determine your lifestyle there. And that's the thing that really, really messed me up is that I really thought you accept Jesus Christ and then boom, that was it. Uh, no, that gets you through the door. Everything you do after that determines your lifestyle there. And it's in every chapter. It's in every chapter. 
I started over. And so far, I've seen it in every chapter. And I can't believe it. I'm just shocked and appalled. I just, I'm just crying. I'm mad. I'm upset. I'm just like, I cannot believe this. Now you understand Romans chapter 8. For God knew his people in advance. He chose them to become like his son. So that it, so, simply so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chose them, he called them to come to him. That's a whole separate teaching. There's some folk God made sure that they were in. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. That's a whole separate teaching about we're going to inherit his glory. What shall we then say about such wonderful things as these? Now you understand if God is for us, who can ever be against us? Because if he's given us all of this stuff, man, since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, still pleading for us. The whole thing is about us. Tell the sinner, you can shut your mouth. Tell people all the time, I don't listen to sinners. She's up here telling me what I'm supposed to be doing. And God is God set up here and done all of this stuff for me. And all of the stuff that he got for me on the other side, and I'm supposed to listen to you? Because you don't like my teaching? Turn the doggone MP3 off then. And ask you to listen in the first place. Stuff just sitting out there. If you happen to come up on it, wonderful. Y'all, it's, man, see, now, now you understand one Jesus. See, Jesus had to follow the same reward system that you got to follow. And see, he knew this type of stuff because he had been there. That's why when all of them large people left him, he looked at the disciples, y'all going to? Because I don't need none of y'all fools to do this. Remember what Jesus said? He said, based on the law of agreement, he said, two supposed to agree. He said, me and my father agreed. So there it is. Y'all read that in the scripture? I was like, that's crazy right there. What are you talking about? So now you understand why Paul prayed this way. Last scripture. Ephesians 1.14, Amplified. The Spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance, the first fruits, pledge, foretaste, the down payment of our inheritance, in anticipation of its full redemption and our acquiring complete possession of it to the praise of his glory. For this reason, what reason? The fact that the Holy Ghost is just simply the down payment, and there's more. Because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, the people of God. I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight into mysteries and secrets and the deep and intimate knowledge of him. By having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints. And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe 
as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength. You know what he was saying? He said, this was a specific prayer that he prayed. He said, we're praying that your understanding can be open so that you can see how rich the inheritance is. And the more you see how rich it is, the more you'll be willing to let this raggedy sinful world go. You'll be willing to let it go. There'll be no, there's a such thing. Y'all, when you get this revelation, sin does not tempt you. You'll be sitting up here laughing. Okay, she walked across naked. What am I supposed to do? Get excited or something? Bye, Felicia. And Bebe and Tanya and Karen and the rest of them. You know, I, I hate to say that, but Jesus was in some compromising positions with women. The woman was in adultery. Y'all got to see. See, y'all be reading the scripture all deep and religious. That was Jesus. Jesus was a man in a flesh and blood body. Blood body. And the Bible says he was tempted in all points like as you are yet without sin. I am sorry if I'm sitting at the table eating and a woman comes behind me and starts massaging my feet with her hair and kissing my feet. That's sensual. She's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and she did it with Jesus after pouring a year's worth of perfume on his feet. Okay? And it says she just kept massaging, crying on his feet, and wiping his feet with her hair. Okay? Jesus, he's just sitting there eating. <laughs> and it's deep. Because the disciples said, oh, she, they, they didn't have a problem with the girl doing that. They was like, oh, she's out of order. They said, the money that she spent on your feet, we could have used that and give to the poor. And they said, the Jews didn't care nothing for the poor. It says he was stealing the money and nobody knew it. And he just wanted the money for himself. And be careful about people who criticize you. You think they're doing it for one reason when they're doing it for another. Okay. So, I don't even know why I brought that up. The point that I'm making is... <sighs> I have never had anything, I'm getting ready to let you go, I've never had anything affect me the way this has. I'm just being honest with you. Because I just can't, um, it's scaring me because I consider myself someone who does not miss things. Yet I miss the main one. And, and the stuff that I'm reading, it's like, I just, I just can't believe, I just can't believe it. I just, I'm like, all of this stuff that we're supposed to be doing in order to create a lot. You see, the reason why the Bible tells you to spend all your energy, see, you're not talking about an inheritance in another planet where there's a limitation. Y'all, how many of you know, if the inheritance was a universe, you got some work to do. But the Bible says the inheritance is something that no man on planet Earth has even daydreamed one time about. No man has even had a glimpse of it in his mind for a second. Never, he never heard anything about it, and, and no man has even seen it. And he said, it's never even entered into a man or a woman's imagination. And I'm still trying to figure out what's out there in the universe. You understand what I'm saying? And Jesus didn't bring nothing up about the universe. I told you, I think it's, uh, personally, I think the universe is God's basement. That's why it's so dark. Okay, so as I close, that was introduction number three. So 
Introduction number four will be this weekend, and then I think we can start moving into the things that we need to do. I'm going to warn you again. This is not a series. This is your life. So if you think, let me tell you, you are messing yourself up if you wait for me to preach this twice a week. Because I'm not that smart. You need to start, you can do Psalm, Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes too because there's much revelation, particularly in Psalms. But Psalms, Proverbs, and then Matthew all the way to the last word in the back of the Bible. You need to be doing this along with me. And, you, and it's amazing what you're going to see. Every little thing about the other side. At first you'll start reading fast and you're like, wait a minute, and then highlight it. Take notes. Oh, here's another scripture. Everything, when the kingdom of God and heaven <clears throat> and eternal rewards and your inheritance and, and the other side, when you read it, you're going to be like, I can't even believe all this is in here like this. And it's an amazing study. And then ask God questions. Now, you may not be ready. I didn't ask God where I was because I already know I messed up. You know, you will mess up. You're talking about living in sin. But one of the things I had to realize is holy, living, living holy does not give you the greatest reward. That's part of it. And without holiness, no man shall even see the Lord. But it's other stuff in there. And so, you know, it's a, I was um, just give you a quick testimony. You know, some of you know Ethel. Very few of you know Ethel from the southern location. You know, I'm 50 and, and Ethel was serving the Lord when I was born. And she's been very faithful. She's one of the ones that just, she's just simply faithful. You know, she's unassuming and doesn't ask for anything. And you know, whatever you ask her to do, she's going to do. And she's serving the senior home and she's doing this. And she was at a particular ministry that the whole ministry, the pastor wasn't called. He was a deadbeat. And he lost everything and they blaming it on her, that type of stuff. You know, so she was feeling bad for a moment. And, and I told her, no, I said, you, that, that church didn't go down the ground because of you. The church went down to the ground because the pastor wasn't even called. And they closed now. He would be cracking me up. How are you going to blame your church on a congregation member? What is wrong with you? Anyway. So Sunday, so Sunday morning when I got up, I was praying, and the Holy Spirit just out the clear blue. He said, this is exactly what he said. He said, Ethel has more rewards than she can count. She's been faithful for a long time. He said, she's a queen on the other side and doesn't even know it. He said, she got so many rewards built up. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's wonderful, Jesus, and everything. It's, it's wonderful. So I'm preaching Sunday. And so with him sharing this with me, I'm saying, okay, maybe I'm supposed to share this as a prophetic word. So I don't know. forgot all about it. I'm preaching Sunday. And at the end of my message, before I even knew it, I just started talking about Ethel and what the Holy Spirit had told me. So she's sitting over there over in the corner and everything. And, and I, was, I said to the congregation, I can't remember the point, I said, for example, like Ethel. And then I shared with the congregation what the Holy Spirit shared with me. And I was like, I don't know why you share something like that with me. Okay, boom. At the end of service, here comes Ethel with tears in her eyes. She said, God is so good. I said, yeah. She said, I had just prayed that prayer, asking the Lord, Lord, am I still in your perfect will? Am I still doing the right thing? She said, I just, I just prayed that. She, she just sitting there. And the Lord, man, when I tell you, you're being watched more than you ever imagined. And I have to be totally honest with you. I told you I'm a different person. So I really am. 
because, you know, I've been serving the Lord a little bit, you know, but I don't know exactly what's been recorded about my life for 50 years. So I'm doing everything that I can every single day to maximize my time. And you got to work it. You got to work it. Okay. Lady called me because she needed someone to go look at a car for her. You know, I wasn't going to share none of this and I think I'm done. She wanted me to go look at a car and was anybody available? And that car was far away, so I didn't want to go. I was like, man. And then the other individuals, they couldn't go. And so I was just like, I don't want to go. And this is how the Holy Spirit help you. And the small, still voice. The scripture. If you give a cup of water to even the least of these, you shall not lose your reward. It's like, man. He'll help you. He'll help you if you want to know. Okay? So guess what I did? I said, okay, I'm going to drop the kids off. I drove all the way over there. And then got pulled over by the police on the way back. But he let me go after he heard my story. I'm sorry, officer. I was talking to my wife and daydreaming, and that was after. I did not mean to drive 45 through this school zone that said 20 miles an hour. I said, man, I'm totally wrong. I am sorry. You can give me a double ticket, brother, because I know I was wrong. And he said, what's crazy is he said, I got up this morning and said, I was not going to give anybody a warning today. But you know what? I'll give you a warning. Be on your way. <laughs> I, mean, I just I fess up to him. Hey, man, I rolled the window down. I was like, hey, man, I'm sorry. I did it. I mean, I, was, I said, I don't normally. Okay. Drove out there. And so, so watch this. So while I'm driving out there to do this for this person, war stacking up. But while I'm driving out there to do it, I'm praying in the spirit while I'm trying to do it. So now they double stacking up. This is how conscious I am. And that's why he said, spend your energy finding out how to do it and then do it on purpose. Don't be waiting on the Holy Ghost to tell you to do it. That's religious people. He didn't say nothing about wait on the Holy Ghost to tell you whether or not. See, that's what's so crazy about giving to the poor. I was taught, you got to interview them. You got to check your spirit and determine whether or not the Holy Ghost. How many times you see Jesus checking his spirit to give to the poor? How many times you see him interview? How many times you see Jesus giving to the poor after they ask him that they needed something? Not one time. He's just out there giving because he was working the system. He was working the reward system, not working the religious system. Let me see. What does he do? You need some Pepto-Bismol. That's what you need. Quit all of that craziness. It's amazing all the stuff we do that's, in the, that's not in the Bible. You know, Jesus go, get ready to go. Judas getting ready to go. Judas negotiated the sale of Jesus. You realize how crazy you got to be? Will you give me 30 pieces of silver? Yeah, we'll do that. You're going to negotiate the sale of the Son of God? And then when he left, Jesus said, whatever you're going to do, just do it real fast. And disciples thought he was just telling Judas to go give to the poor again. Because he didn't wait to determine if he should give to the poor. He knew it was a reward system. So he was giving all the time. Oh, yes. By the time this is over with, you are going to be a transformed people. Hey, so we don't have that graphic up. Now, when you go to the listen to us on the website, these teachings are up. This is the third one. I think I got one more introduction and then we ready to rock and roll and go through this. Okay, graphics is not up, so we just we just praying 
because we want the right graphic. Because this one series alone is going to spread around the world like crazy. Because people, don't, they didn't know. I didn't know. And when we get over into the rewards for persecution, the rewards for tribulation, your clothes on the other side, oh, the killer one is going to be when I show you the mansions and the seven things that you're supposed to do to make sure that you are supplying heaven with building materials for your home. And, and, and it's, uh, every day, the Lord adds two more messages to the thing. We're teaching this for five months. Mm-hmm. That's a short period of time when you're trying to teach something that you're going to be in forever. <laughs> we ain't talking about you joining the army for 10 years and then getting out. You know what I'm saying? And that's training can take three, four years. So y'all be praying for me because there is a great measure of difficulty with doing this. Difficulty for me personally, difficulty in regards to, they can show you one thing. I can't explain the overwhelming feeling. You show me one thing and I'm like, I ain't been doing this. I didn't even know this. And, and then when they show you that one thing, 15 other scriptures flood your soul and it becomes so overwhelming. Because the information that they're giving you is about a realm that you have never seen and can't comprehend. And yet, they expect you to study a realm that you can't see. They expect you to gain understanding on a realm that you can't understand. So when the Bible says it does not yet appear what we are, that's crazy. We're going to be changed into something else again. That's why Jesus said there's no marriage in heaven and you won't be given in marriage. Because apparently up there, we are some other type of being. And Paul said, he said the best way to explain it is, he said, you'll be like the angels. And then another scripture, no, Jesus said, you'll be like the angels. Paul said, you're going to be like Jesus. And we read the scripture that says that we're going to be just like him. But we don't even know what he is. He's eternal. Never had a beginning, never had an end. And the moment you become born again, you never had a beginning and you never have an end. Only way you can die in eternity is if Jesus dies. And we don't even know what he is. They call it, they got animals that refer to him. He's the alpha. He's the omega. He's the beginning and the end. But you got to say that about yourself now. Ooh, y'all know they're going to try to come and drop, kick me out this pulpit when they hear this. He said they're going to be all right. Yes, they are going to be. No, they're not going to be all right, but, you know, y'all know what you're saying. Y'all understand what I'm saying? You either are like him or you're not like him. And if you are like him now, then 1 John 4, 17, as he is right now, so are you in this planet. So that means everything he said about himself is what you'll be saying about yourself forever. Because I don't know how deep this rabbit hole goes. Because there is a possibility. I don't know how deep this rabbit hole goes. But anytime God says, you're already a son. You're already a king. You're already a lord. You're already more than a conqueror. You're more already a priest. And you're already an ambassador. And you already own everything. And you already have the down payment. You just don't know what you're going to be yet. 
they say in the courtrooms of the Hall of Justice. Let us all stand. See, when you have this type of thinking in you, you don't expect for your prayers to be not answered. So the devil is sitting at your kitchen table when you go home tonight. He's going to be like, you might want to get up. <laughs> See, this level right here, you stop praying certain prayers. You just start walking up and stuff and expect. Because who we already know we are, that's good enough for eternity. He had the nerve to say, no, it's not. You don't know who you are. When you see your heavenly father sitting on the throne, man, I'm sorry, I'm trying to stop. But just the revelation of when you are somebody's child. If he got a Corvette and, and I got a Corvette, you know, and, and he got a Corvette and I say, I got a car just like that. It means then I have the same car. And it means that my car has everything on it as his car. And it also means that my car can go as fast as his car and can do everything his car can do. Otherwise, it's not like his car. But then God says, yes, you are not just like me. You're going to inherit all that I am and all that I have. But you rather believe what your friends told you you are. Or your pastor or your grandmama. No, no not me. I'm done with that. I thought I was done. Now I'm doubly done. Go ahead and lift your hands. Thank you, O oh Lord God.